From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Thank you for joining us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that will provide insights into the various aspects of our Lord's temporal ministry, from His teaching and miracles to His atoning death on the cross and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is called Immediately Present. The text is Psalm 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A help that is not present when we need it is of small value. The anchor which is left at home is of no use to the seaman in the hour of storm. The money which he used to have is of no worth to the debtor when a writ is out against him. Very few earthly helps could be called very present. They are usually far in the seeking, far in the using, and farther still when once used. But as for the Lord our God... He is present when we seek Him, present when we need Him, and present when we have already enjoyed His aid. He is more than present. He is very present, more present than the nearest friend can be, for He is in us in our trouble, more present than we are to ourselves, for sometimes we lack presence of mind. He is always present, effectually present, sympathetically present, altogether present. He is present now if this is a gloomy season. Let us rest ourselves upon Him. He is our refuge. Let us abide in Him. He is our strength. Let us array ourselves with Him. He is our help. Let us lean upon Him. He is our very present help. Let us repose in Him now. We need not have a moment's care or an instant fear. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge.
But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. We had let the Bible speak, pray that at this Christmas season, your heart will rejoice in the truth of God manifest in the flesh. Our prayer is that you may know God's salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, God's unspeakable gift. today's broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues to deal with the subject of Christ as the Divine Teacher. The text is portions of Matthew chapter 13. This chapter adds much to our knowledge of the person and the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was at this point in his earthly ministry that Jesus departed from direct teaching of the Jews and began to employ parables. He taught great spiritual truths using situations that the people understood, such as the sower of the seed and the types of soil, the tares and the wheat, and the mustard seed. He took things from the material world to expound spiritual eternal truth. The use of such illustrations shows Christ as the great Creator and the purpose of all creation to serve Him. Now here is Dr. Cairns to bring the next portion of this message the divine teacher. Always be careful of anybody who establishes a doctrine by an illustration. If you can't establish it from Scripture in plain teaching, be careful of the man who wants to establish it first and foremost by an illustration. What is wrong, and I'm not getting into the details, what is wrong with that illustration is it lacks that tertium comparationus. It lacks that which is necessary to make this a basis for this. You remember in the life of the Lord Jesus, the disciples came to him, and they were at, in Samaria, and the, the, the Samaritans were a bit churlish. So immediately, 
gentle John and the others said, Lord, will you have us, after all they had been doing miracles before, Lord, will you have us call down fire from heaven as Elijah did? Now, it seemed impeccable logic. There's the illustration. Elijah called down fire from heaven on God's enemies. Here are God's enemies. We will call down fire from heaven. Jesus said, you don't know what kind you are of. But what he's telling him is, you're not of God in saying this. There is a surface logic, but it lacked the real bridge, as it were, the third element. That was never missing in the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. His parables were always perfect as illustrations for what would otherwise be mysterious. Uh, look at Matthew 13 as an example. In the first parable, the lesson simply is the Word of God is living and life-giving. But there are many ways of hearing that living Word without profit. And the only proof that you've heard it profitably is that you bring forth spiritual fruit. Now, that could be taught in those terms. If the Lord Jesus had taught it in those terms, I dare say not one person in a hundred, even in churches today, would remember it. How much more powerful is it? How much more memorable is that truth when he says, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And he reaches into their own experience. Perhaps even as he was telling it, they could turn away and look in the distance and see the sore at work. But certainly they had seen him at work. There was something here that they immediately could understand. There was also an intrinsic rightness in the illustration. So when they, when they saw the sore, they thought of the seed. They saw the ground. They could immediately, or they should immediately have been able to grasp great truth that many of them didn't, as obvious as we'll show in time. You can go through the rest of these, the, the tares in the wheat, for example. The lesson is simply that Satan introduces false professors into the church. And despite all appearances, these people are not saved. For the moment, they appear to be saved, and they occupy their place with impunity. But their damnation is sure. And it's coming. That's the lesson. But again, how much more memorable, unforgettable it is when he gives the parable of the tares and the wheat. If he had simply said to his people, look, the work of the church and earth will start in a small way, but it's going to grow to something great, and it is going to succeed. No doubt that would have been heard with a mixture of astonishment and joy. We're starting small, because everybody wants to start with a bang. But he said, no, this is like a grain of mustard seed. And of course, the truth is, it's not the initial size of the instrument God uses. It's the inherent life and power that is in it. That's the important thing. 
And so you could go on. I said there were a couple of misunderstood parables here. In Numbers 5 and 6 of the parables, the lesson is that the Lord paid the ultimate price to redeem his people out of the world. You know, it's not Christ who is the hid treasure. It's his people who are the hid treasure. It's sinners like you and me. And he paid everything to purchase us. And it stands interpretation on its head to say that we paid anything to purchase him. We didn't. Similarly, with the pearl of great price. Now we can say, and even Spurgeon preached a great sermon on Christ as the pearl of great price. We could call him that, just as we call him the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. But the Bible doesn't call him that. The Bible, you want to check the Song of Solomon, you'll find I'm right here. The Bible calls us the lily of the valleys. The Bible, in fact, Christ calls us a rose of Sharon. We have taken those to be exclusive descriptions of Christ to speak of his unique beauty. Actually, they're used by Christ of us not only to speak of how he beholds our beauty, but to say in human terms, you really are very common things, but I see in you the beauty of divine grace. So here, the pearl of great price is how Christ views his church. And he sells everything in order to spend all he is and has to purchase our redemption. Now, he could have put that in so many words, but when telling a parable, it makes it unforgettable. Now, we come to something that is a little different and maybe a little more difficult. So, uh, I want you to listen up. Because Christ liberally used these parables, and that raises an important question. The question is, on what basis did he do it? And this is a, leads to a great truth. The point that I'm going to make here is that the Lord Jesus Christ's use of parables shows him to be both the Lord of creation and the Lord of redemption the one who alone has the authority to ascribe to creation or redemption its true meaning. He's the Lord of creation and redemption. We have read this morning that he describes himself as a sower. He gives us the interpretation himself. He is the sower. Now, in John 15, he says, I am the true vine. And he uses that to symbolize himself and the branches to symbolize the church's union with him or its relationship with him. Now, how could he do that? How could he do it? What makes it fit for him to do that? Years ago, I read a statement by Cornelius Van Til. And he said, Christ was not just a clever human being, 
who saw interesting parallels to human experience in nature. This is not just showing Christ was clever with a fertile imagination. No, he could take the things from the material and temporal world to expound the things of the spiritual and eternal world because as God, he is the creator and the sustainer, what John calls the logos, the word behind the both of them. He is the word through which the world is created and through which the world is upheld. He is the word by, uh, through which redemption is brought and bought and through which his people are upheld. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For by him or through him were all things created that are in heaven that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. The Lord Jesus Christ, according to Paul here, is the Lord both of creation and of redemption. And both creation and redemption serve their true purpose in serving him. You turn to the eighth psalm. We look up into the sky and we see what? The stars. The heavens. God says, no, they're not just the heavens. They're my heavens. I made them. And I made them for my glory. Psalm 19, verse 1. I made them to express my glory and to serve my purpose. That's true of the natural world. And it's true of the spiritual world. It's true of creation. And it's true of redemption. They both find their true purpose in serving him. Now, let's note this particularly of the natural world. What is this natural world? It's the environment in which the Lord Jesus Christ executes the plan of redemption. That's what it is. And therefore, its true purpose is to reflect Christ and his saving plan and grace. I can only touch on some of these things this morning, but a proper reading of the world will always lead to God and will always lead to admonish us to prepare for eternity through Christ. And that's the reason he could take the things like a seed that in some ways in some ways, and this is why you can't press parables to every detail. They're not meant to be pressed to every detail. He takes a seed that in some ways cannot be a picture of the Word of God and uses it as a picture of the Word of God. I say it cannot be because... Let me give you the most outstanding, the easiest one to see. Take a big seed. Do you ever plant potatoes? Yeah, well, 
I have had uh, enough of that in my lifetime as a young fellow, planting potatoes. Worse still, weeding them and then digging them by hand. No tillers, or I couldn't use a tiller, I never had to use it, but I could use a spade. But here's the thing, when you took up the potatoes, the seed was rotten. It was dead. It was filthy mush and unusable. Its life was gone. That's not true of the Word of God. It's incorruptible. But yet, notwithstanding that, the Lord Jesus, because he, He's not speaking of the seed in isolation as a picture of the Word. He's speaking of the sower sowing the seed and it producing various results in various environments. And that's what makes it right. He has created the one and he has created the other and he has created the bridge between them and the fitness of the one to illustrate the other. He is the Lord of creation. He is the Lord of redemption. And in doing all this, he establishes his own central authority and significance. Here's another big point. He is the absolute Christ. Nothing exists apart from him. Everything exists for him. Everything has its place that he has given it. Everything has the purpose that he has given it. And listen... This opens up a big door that I'm not going to go through, at least very far. This, he establishes the meaning, the meaning of every creature's existence. We live in a day when people are yearning for meaning, meaning to life. Let me tell you, the meaning of your life and mine is what Christ has given it. That's true even of those who deny him. Paul says in Romans eleven thirty six, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. 
If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 